0: Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. First off, happy Valentine's Day to my lovely wife, who is in Florida with another guy. She's down um, doing support for our friend Dan Jensen, who's doing a triple Ironman, so uh, she's couple of days to get ready for that and then um yeah it's like this three day three it, it's it's wacky you guys think you're wacky this is even wackier so and happy valentine's day to all you out there that just love the sound of my sultry very white like sounding voice also um this one really is just for Paula, but she's really uh Kind of happy tonight, the South Dakota State Legislature passed a law that she's not required anymore to have a collaborating physician. Um, South Dakota was one of the only states that had that, so now she doesn't have to have a doctor that she has to pay for to keep her clinic open. So it's kind of a big deal. Also because now maybe she can get somebody that might want to work part-time and she can take more time off to do more races. So thank you, South Dakota State Legislature. Um, That kind of time of year again, although uh, not if you're in New Zealand, everybody getting ready for God's Own. Saw some pictures today. It looked like little snow in the mountains. So... uh, dress warm. Hope you're prepared for everything. Wish I was there. Ain't gonna happen, to quote uh, somebody. But um, we'll see what's going on. I got some editing work to do that involves adventure racing. And probably we'll be able to post that a little bit maybe next week. So there's a little teaser for you this um today's episode is with Jody Willett and it's kind of one of the last of the Adventure Race World Championships from uh, Shoalhaven episodes Uh, um wouldn't doubt that we'll talk to some more people that did it but this is kind of the last one that specifically is we talk about that among many other things and um That should be enough. Go fast, take chances, be kind and rewind. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey, Randy, how are you?
0: I am doing good. I called and then I pressed the wrong button, so I had to call back.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay, no worries. I thought it was a problem at my end, but we're all good. No, it's
0: it's, uh, sounding good. Um, It's always an an adventure when I uh, call Australia so Uh,
1: (laughs) I know our time zones are probably not that friendly
0: um it's not bad it's nine o'clock at night here so but that's reasonable um yeah it's like um Europe is kind of the hardest for me um or like the Scandinavian countries is just a weird it's like eight hours and that's a hard one for me but um yeah and the weird thing is, is I almost know, without even looking up the time difference now, I've done so many New Zealand and Australian calls, so. Um.
1: Yeah, I know, my sister lives in, in Canada, so I'm like, well, I think they're like eight hours ahead, but the day before, so yeah. that's that's kind of how I work it out.
0: I think, um, I don't know, it's like, yeah, I I found a website, all I got to do is go in and, and uh, put the cities in and it tells me gives me a planner
1: Uh, that's that's a good idea so i've been um spending the day looking at uh this race in wyoming actually speaking of u.s time zones Mm.
0: so it's going to be a good one um yeah i don't you probably don't know this but that's actually like three hours from my house the race
1: oh okay so where are you based
0: i'm in uh south dakota in rapid city so we're in the western part of of South Dakota. So. Yeah. Um ah,
1: oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it looks looks yeah. fun. Just got to get there.
0: Yeah. I'm actually I've been there all four years shooting it. So this this next this year. It's this year already. Will be my this fifth year. year yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's um I it, they do a really good race. Um You know, it's really put on well. You know, the terrain is great. You know, they have little fun things during the race. Like, at one point, you will be required to take a shot of whiskey.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's... Yeah, I'm signing up for that. That's done. (laughs) Australians are all over that. This is made for an Australian team. (laughs) It is.
0: It is. So, it's always fun to... uh, Because they usually try to do that... um, early in the race, so everybody's kind of bunched up and and they'll find a little bar, like a little historic bar or something like that and and the checkpoint will be in there and you'll have to go in and everybody takes a shot of whiskey. Although they will let you use iced tea if you're a pussy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. You should have to get like an hour added to your time or something if you go iced tea.
0: They should, yeah. Um, But then they do these little um, historical challenges which I really like, like um one year they <clears throat> excuse me one year they had to um they're called mormon carts they're two wheel carts that people the Mormons pulled, so they had to do like five k and navigate with those and so
1: oh okay, oh but, that's good, yeah, I like the cultural side of it, like uh when we were in China, we had to do the noodle making mm-hmm, in the middle yeah. of it, and yeah that's it's always fun
0: yeah it it, it is like that, and they kind of incorporated into the race too so it's not just like doing things to do things um yeah so it's it's fun so where should we start other than we're going to see each other in wyoming
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so yeah ask away um
0: um, all right so you were a mountain biker are a mountain biker that's that's kind um, of your primary where you started from
1: yeah well i've been mountain biking for 10 years Mm -hmm. i was a runner before that but uh one of those frequently injured ones which is why i ended up in mountain biking and then yeah went straight to sort of started pretty late i was 29 and um decided i had sort of 10 good years to go out and ride in europe and represent australia and do this, you know, living on the smell of an oily rag as a, as a semi-pro rider. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of, I just fell into it and um, really love it now. So that's that's kind of, I guess, my, my superpower. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then all of a sudden getting into adventure racing just <laughs> out of meeting Trev in the forest and yep. getting talked into it. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new world.
0: So, It is. So what? Um, so, were you a runner in school? Is that where you started? And, and I always want to ask this, were you good?
1: Um, so I did cross country. So I, in, in primary school, if you couldn't run fast over 100 meters, you just kind of thought, oh, well, I suck at running. Um, so really hated sport growing up. And then once I got to high school and discovered that, oh, there's races that go for, for longer than 800 meters, And, uh, started distance running and doing cross country. And yeah, I mean, I, um, I did pretty well. I grew up in a small town in North Queensland. So if you wanted to do anything serious, you pretty much had to move. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty good. I didn't, I just liked running in the forest a lot and didn't particularly have a training plan. So I think in year 12, I beat everyone in the cross country, including the year 12 boy. So. So yeah. I was I was all right.
0: That's not bad. So and then did you go to university? See, I'm learning the lingo. University?
1: <laughs> you... not, not what do you call it? College.
0: Yeah, college uh, here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I came. I moved about two and a half thousand k south uh, of where I was. Went to university for a year. Um, decided I didn't didn't like that much. And, um, yeah, just pretty much started working and stayed in, stayed in Brisbane, which is where I live now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, did quite a few different things, actually. Wanted to join the police force for a while, and I used to, people look at me and can't believe I used to be a security guard, all five foot three of me. Uh, so, so yeah, I took a bit of a break from the sport, um, probably drank too much and partied too hard, but, uh... I then had my daughter when I was 24 and um, and decided to get myself fit again.
0: So, well, so, I mean, that's almost like a normal adulthood. Um, so it's, you know, you, you kind of grew up. You got out of the sport, got into it a little bit. But then what gave you – so you get injured and you start mountain biking, but why – pursue the pro semi pro thing where do, where do you think that came from because you you were normal
1: um, <laughs> I was I was very normal um and why did I choose to do it when I was a single parent with a mm-hmm. four year old child um yeah. yeah can't really answer that one because it's possibly the hardest way to do it yeah um I don't know it was, I I missed the mountain biking boat all my friends were getting into it um the Cairns World champs were on just before I left uh, or just as I was leaving Cairns Mm. and everyone told me, mountain biking's the future. And I was like, well, that will never take off. (laughs) I'll never be into that. Um, So, yeah, it took me a few years. Um, I can't – I guess I just had a competitive urge still from when I was younger and Mm. the first mountain bike race I ever did with no mountain biking experience, I ended up winning. Um, So my running coach sort of sat me down and said, well, you know, the running's not going so well with the injuries. Maybe you're supposed to be Australia's best mountain biker, not Australia's best runner. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's just, I just got lucky, rode with, um, a guy who sponsored me straight off the bat, having achieved not much. Um, and then yeah, got, got supported sort of straight away. I think in Australia, it was, it's easier. It's not like growing up in Switzerland, <laughs> you know, where you've got to be, almost world champion to get to to survive um australia is a pretty soft soft landing for a mountain biker and uh had a chance to yeah go out and do a lot of races and make a bit of pocket money um can't say it's incredibly lucrative but uh then when you get get the chance to actually ride for australia then yeah of course you're going to take it it's one of the best things in the world
0: it is and we'll get into that but is it is it good or – dumb question, but is it good or is it bad when you win your first race?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe it's sort of uh, – it might have been better if I'd had to work for it. I mean I'll contrast that to the adventure racing where it really hasn't been winning off the bat. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pretty stubborn, so sometimes I like a struggle. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, look, maybe – and that was – You know, that was the first race and then I got my ass kicked in a few more and, um, especially when I stepped up to national level. But, uh, yeah, I I just, I think I would have, I liked it because I sucked at it. Like I, I really sucked at it, but I knew that if I practiced, I could get better. And, um, I can honestly say I probably didn't really fall in love with mountain biking until about three or four years ago. Um, for me, it was just a competitive outlet and sometimes it was frustrating and, Sometimes you thought I'm never going to get good at this, and um, so yeah, I think for a lot of times it was just uh, just a competitiveness. Um, you know, I couldn't do it running, so I wanted to do it in something that was available. Uh, but then, yeah, I think that kind of led to to the love of mountain biking rather than the other way around. That kind
0: of makes sense. I mean, I it, it was interesting because I, I asked you that question and I thought about it because, quite honestly, I won the first bike race road race i ever did and it was like because i was absolutely not athletic it was like hey i'm kind of maybe i'm good at this and it really um pushed me for a long time so but i could see yeah. where maybe if you win it it's oh this is too easy let's let's find something harder <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, if my first race had been national champs and I'd yeah. won it, then maybe I would have thought, you know, mountain biking in Australia needed to have a good look at itself. <laughs> um, so, so definitely once you're at that level, it's a lot harder to go in and just win your first race. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it was, it was funny cause, um, I actually entered the age group or entered sport or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And in running, if you finish first, you get the prize. But in mountain biking, I remember I didn't even get the prize for finishing first because you, ha- you had to enter elite. Uh-huh. And, um, and I didn't want to enter elite cause I thought I've never done this before. I don't want to get in anyone's way. And I beat the elite girl by about an hour. And, <laughs> but she got the $500. <laughs> 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 I remember being furious. So I'm, I'm maybe that would have, you know, I'm lucky I didn't just say it was a stupid sport, but uh, that first race, when I went across the finish line, they gave me a beer, and I thought this is the sport for me. Is-
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not a, yeah. Well, it's not five hundred dollars, but eh, you know, it's a beer.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was a good and and bad experience, but uh, no, I think I think it was you know it was helpful. It made me realise that uh, that maybe there was a future in there, and mm-hmm. that if I I worked at it. I could be successful in in that.
0: Yeah. So, how long from your first that first race to the you know, national team?
1: Um, to so the national team. So that first race was the end of 2006. National team. First time I represented Australia was 2008. Hmm. Um, I went to the world Marathon Championships in uh, Villa Bassa, in Italy, mm-hmm. um, which was just spectacular. But that was my first. Before I started mountain biking, you know, getting on a plane to go to another capital city was was a big deal. And yeah. then started flying all over Australia. But that was my first international trip by myself with a bike, and um, I literally got off a train, got off a plane, jumped on a train got off at what I thought was the right station, tried to find the Cycling Australia base and no one spoke English and yeah, so it was it was all a bit of an adventure and all a bit eye-opening. I remember I got lost on my first day. I went out for a ride and I got lost and I couldn't find my way back and no one spoke English and (laughs) I ran out of water and (laughs) so yeah, it was all pretty stressful Um, but yeah, that was that was a a great experience and the the first of many overseas trips
0: um where where was your favorite place to race and where is the absolute worst there's no amount of money they'll make you go back there again oh (laughs) (laughs)
1: um see so much of that is um I don't know, like I look at courses that I hated when I first started mountain biking and I love them now. Yeah. They, are, they are technical and that's what mm-hmm. I love. Now, as I get, as I get older, I love the technical courses because I can make up time without yeah. being fit. Um, I think probably my, my first World Cup race in Switzerland was probably my least favorite. I mean, I got very sick that morning and, uh, guy I was staying with said you can do one lap because you're so ill and uh, I think I ended up doing two laps just because mm. I was stubborn but it, it it rained it was muddy which we never get in Australia yeah. I couldn't ride the mud there were tree roots everywhere I think I spent most of the time on my butt just uh, it was just such a brutal introduction to, to racing World Cup it was so cold and um, so and then the only one that came close to that was the the race I did in Hoofleys in Belgium, which again I loved the course, but it was mm. it was zero when we started and then it got colder as the race went on. <laughs> it hailed in practice. Uh so yeah, mainly bad you know, bad conditions. I think the nicest place we ever raced was in Valdasol in Italy. It was just such a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. The course was probably not you know, not as fun as some of them, but uh lovely place and uh but I think the world champs course this last year in Czech Republic is is my favourite course that's got everything it's got jumps it's got drops it's got rock gardens uphill downhill um and the atmosphere is just amazing they do such an incredible event there's grandstands at all technical sections and and the food and yeah the people just love it so uh so yeah, a lot of a lot of good and bad uh memories. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. And actually I forgot about Canada. So I do race in Canada every year, that would have to be probably my favorite place to race. Just uh-huh. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So in in okay, I'm pardon my ignorance, but people are used to me being ignorant, but where where were you in the rankings of you know at a world cup how 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 well did you finish i mean i think think you know what i'm you know what i'm saying is like where where do you kind of fit in
1: look i never did a season Mm -hmm. in a world cup having a having a young daughter it was never an option for me to go and do a season in europe um it's not an option for a lot of australians unless they just want to be really poor um so yeah it was you know, I would go over and do a couple of World Cups and then come home, um, probably get spanked. But uh, I think, well, the best finish I ever had was seventh, but that was a World Cup in Australia where, mm. you know, not not as many people turn up. Yeah. Um, that was probably the best race I ever had, though, like just physically. Um, realistically, it was probably, you know, if I'd been able to sustain a semi-professional living, maybe top 30 in the world would have been reasonable yeah. but uh i had i had sat down and and considered what the top 30 woman mountain biker in the world makes and it's not much no so well,
0: But let's face it if it's in, in cycling if you get it you know a mountain bike if you get out of the top 10 you, can you even make a living man men or women
1: you're doing it for the love aren't you yeah um yeah but yeah, I'd say do it, do it before you have kids, and mm-hmm. <laughs> do it before you turn thirty. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
0: well, but you know, fortunately now you're into the high price world of adventure racing, where all the money is. So you'll be Oh
1: man, I I thought mountain biking was expensive, and then I discovered adventure racing. I got to the end of last year, and I thought, why am I? Why don't I, do I have any money? And I was like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. I did I did Venture Race China and I did X P D and I did Yeah, I did GeoQuest. Oh yeah, I I know why I don't have any money now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um it I'm gonna put a plug in for me, but um I started another a Facebook page for gear. So like for like for instance if you you know, if you come to Cowboy Tough like hopefully maybe we find somebody. You can find somebody in the U.S. that has a pack raft that you can rent or borrow. Um, yeah, try. You know, trying to because I had friends from the U.S. that went to Australia that wanted to sell their gear and wanted you know cheaply, but you know how hard it is to get anything done at a race. So. Uh.
1: Oh yeah, and everyone, no one's in yeah gear trade mode. Yeah, but it was. I think at the time, I mean, I thought it was a little bit rude having a pack raft leg in there and having to hire or buy pack rafts. Yeah. But I have to say after doing it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I could probably, could probably get into this. <laughs> but yeah, very, I mean, I was ahead of the game cause I had already had the mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then I'm sort of borrowing a ski at the moment just to do a bit of paddling. But you know, they, they're mainly provided during the race, yeah. but, yeah. um, yeah, having, having the, I mean, it's, it's like anything if, you're gonna do it long term. I guess you buy one, and um, then you've you've done it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's very equipment heavy, um, and they are all things you got to consider. I mean, the most expensive part for us is getting on a plane. So That's if you've true. Got all the kilos of gear. Yeah. Um, can be can be difficult.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know Well, and that was part of the thing with me because I had an extra bag going over, so I actually brought a pack draft over for for some people so but uh yeah just that i always look at especially like mountaineering people you know they show them in the airport you know in a video or something they got like 15 bags of gear and it's like how do you pay for all that yeah <laughs> it's bad yeah. enough just taking your mountain bike isn't it
1: yeah i mean um Again, I'm getting quotes for flights today, and um, the US is the worst place to to fly to because they slug you like 200 bucks each way for your bike, which yeah. is just crazy. Um, flying to Europe is is a breeze because they're I think they're just very cycling friendly, so it's no yeah. extra charge. So yeah, I don't I don't really think about it a lot of the time. Flying domestically is you know pretty easy. Flying to Europe, but um, yeah, North America's got to be the toughest. Um, but then Stuff like food, like when we went to China, it's not like we could just go to the the supermarket and yeah. know that everything we wanted to buy was there. So we had to pack, take all the food from Australia that we might want to eat mm-hmm. um, during the race, and yeah, so yeah. It's just it's just a lot of lot of stuff to think about. It you always you know during the race you're always terrified you're going to put the wrong thing in the wrong box and have your running shoes when you're supposed to have your cycling shoes and um so yeah it's just it's just um gone from very simple organization you know if you pack your bike bike shoes and helmet is yeah. all i worried about and then if you've got if you've forgotten anything else you can buy it over there it's not a big deal but yeah. uh yeah with the uh, with the adventure racing particularly the XPD style events it's, yeah next level
0: it is so well let's let's we'll get let's get into adventure racing but I want to. I want to know how this conversation went with this guy, bald headed guy, lurking in the woods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you make him sound like a pervert. <laughs> well, you know,
0: <laughs> it's kind of you know.
1: um, yeah. So i I was riding around in my um, my national team kit actually. Well, my my national team nicks because I was out of nicks, so um, I just grabbed him from the cupboard. So I was doing a mountain bike and. Uh, we got, to, I got to the end of this trail and there was this guy and, um, he said to me, well, you know, did you actually ride for Australia? Implying that I may have just bought them online yeah. off the store yeah. <laughs> and been prancing around in Australia kit. And, uh, I said, no, no, I rode for Australia a few times and, um, ended up, I race against his niece, uh, Peter Mullins. He's quite a famous mountain biker and road cyclist. Um, so we got chatting and, Um, swap details and he stalked me on Facebook and, and then, yeah, then it was on just trying to hassle me to get in these teams and do some racing and, um, and yeah, so it just kind of, kind of went on from there. It's just Trevor's, you know, Trevor, he's very persuasive. (laughs) (laughs) Sell ice to Eskimos, that guy. But, um, yeah, I'd done an adventure raid. I'd done GeoQuest with some friends a year before, just with no preparation, no idea what I was doing. None of us did, yes. and uh, and it didn't go so well. And I just kind of left it at that. And yeah. um, had certainly certainly had an adventure, but uh, yeah, once once I started talking to Trevor and he, you know, puts teams together of of good ability, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's abilities, and um, so yeah, ended up ended up in another team and um yeah we had we had a pretty good race and then i've been yeah sort of hooked up with tiger adventure for a while and like what he does
0: yeah what what was it that convinced you how did you convince yourself that you might like adventure racing You'd, you'd had one you know one experience and it didn't go so well so how did why did how did you give it another shot
1: um, I just think that's the type of person I am. I mean, I'll go and do something and then as soon as it's over, I'll start deconstructing how it went. And what what went well, what didn't go so well, why it didn't go so well, if I had my time again, how would I fix it? So so I guess for me, um that's just how I operate and I sort of made a list of things that I should have done. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah, again, I think it's just one, it's not like I went in and and loved it and kept wanting to do it. I went in and thought, this is a bit rubbish. Uh, This is not going to plan. Um, for all these reasons. And, and I sort of just wanted a chance to, to fix it. It's, I liken it to like a golfer who, who spends 20 years just waiting to hit the ball perfectly that one day. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's me with adventure racing right now. (laughs) It's just kind of like everyone gets a bit better. Um, but I'm sort of after that. Um, that race where you just know, and I know it never happens, you know, especially mm. with expedition racing, it never goes perfect. Um, so, yeah. but I think just having that race where you think we literally did everything that we could, um, to prepare for it, and we really put our best effort out there. And I think, um, you know, we got, we, we got close, um, this year, but there are a lot of things that we didn't do in preparation. Um in terms of you know trying the boats out and um actually meeting each other <laughs> one <laughs> three days before the race, and, yeah there's you a... know, we really weren't that serious about it so um so yeah, I think um it was the opportunity to to put a lot of things you know right that that had done wrong and um and also just trying something new it was after doing ten years of just cycling sometimes you're sick of getting out on your bike every day and, and now I've got an option. I'm like, well, if I don't want to go for a ride, i will go for a run or I'll do a paddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it's just given me a new lease on, on staying active and, and being fit as well.
0: Yeah. Um, going back to mountain biking just for a minute, we'll come, we'll come back to China. Cause I, I haven't talked to anybody that's raced in China, so we'll get there. But In mountain biking, which which is better for you? Which do you enjoy more: winning a race or having a race that's almost perfect for you, but maybe you didn't win?
1: Um. Ooh, that's a good question. There are, I think, the races that are most memorable for me were when I was in my best form and literally had the perfect race one of those i won and one of those i didn't win but i you know i got a good result for me but i didn't win it um so yeah i would say i mean it's always nice to win but i've i've done races where i thought i really raced like shit today i mean i've still won but was i happy with my race no um was i happy with my preparation no so yeah i think i'm probably in more more in search of you know the perfect race for me, and just knowing that I have arrived in the best form I can be in and done yeah. the best I can um you know the the one perfect race was the the World Cup I spoke about. I just mm-hmm. know that i I was as fit as I could possibly be, the best prepared I could be um and trained so hard I didn't drink for three months I you know did everything <laughs> I could um, yeah. and then the other one was was my Maybe it was my fifth time winning this race here called the Flight Center Epic. It's the biggest mountain bike race in Australia. Um, and I got on the start line that day. I looked around me and I knew I was going to win. I just, I felt yeah. that good. Yeah. You know, not because the company, I mean, there were some big riders there, some of the mm. best marathon races in Australia, but I felt that good and I had been feeling that good for the last week. I just knew, I knew exactly how the race was going to go and exactly where I was gonna make my move and I wouldn't see anyone again. And um and I've never I've never felt like that before. So it was uh yeah, and you know, I, I did win that one which was nice and got a big yep. check at the end which <laughs> may help the memory. Yep. But yeah, I think I, I appreciate and especially when you're talking about races on the world stage, I mean you've got to be realistic, is that, you know, unless you're professional, you're not you know, you're probably not gonna be at the pointy end. But yeah. um yeah, for me, it's still worth competing because it's about knowing that I've prepared as well as I I can.
0: Mm-hmm. So the flip side of that coin kind of has: Have you ever gone to a race and it's just, you've just been horrible, sick, I don't know, hungover?
1: It's <laughs> even <And, and, laughs> I you know, was three, <laughs> three weeks ago, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: it just a just a crappy day. Nothing's gone right and then you've had a out of this world ride just that just comes from nowhere actually
1: yeah yeah actually um I won the state road championships which is not even a discipline that I race <laughs> it was my first ever road race um I was I was very fit but I had no yeah I didn't really know how to road race but I think Maybe I'd broken up with a boyfriend or something that week. I remember the night before, I think I ate half a block of chocolate. I drank a good portion of a bottle of wine. Um, I woke up. I felt terrible. Went to the race. It was so hot. And I had this red wine hangover. And I didn't even warm up. I just kind of sat in the shade of a car and wished I was somewhere else. And uh, anyway, so I got on the bike. I got dropped in the first lap. And then, as the race went on, I think maybe I started sweating the red wine out or something. I started feeling a bit better, a bit better, and then uh, yeah, down the last fifteen k I think it was just me and it was three girls left, so I thought, well, here's the podium yeah. and and i can't I can't sprint for for anything and then I, I actually jumped in the sprint about hundred meters too early and uh but yeah, I ended up hanging on, hanging on for the win. So that was just one of those days. I was like, I was just so nearly dropped in that race to start with, but you don't, you don't give up. You just think, yeah. oh well, could, you know, could pan out. Just yeah. Keep, keep hanging on.
0: You're there and you started. You might as well ride, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what I say about mountain biking is that it's, I think it's one of the few activities is, um, it's enjoyable for the sake of doing it. I said you could be the last person in the race, but if it's a good course, you still have a good day out. Mm-hmm. You still, you know, you're, you're still riding the, riding the trails and seeing the views and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's not many times I've actually pulled out of a race. No.
0: Uh, okay. There's a question I like to know. When you have, you know, DNF after race, do you feel? um well let let me put it this way: when I was racing back in the day i have I never dropped out of a race and later thought that was the wrong decision. is that you know what do you know what i'm saying that,
1: so i've never so in mountain biking mm-hmm. the only times I have ever not finished a race, I have been carted off by an ambulance
0: okay. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no regrets yeah. there.
1: No, no no regrets. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, the first one, I think I knocked myself out uh, on a tree. I kept riding, actually. got up, kept riding, and then someone said, yeah, that's probably not a great idea. Um, I think we were quite close to halfway, and then I stopped because my helmet was broken. and Yeah, so that was one. And, um, and then there was, yeah, there was the other couple where I was actually – yeah, taken off course by ambulance. So, so no, I don't think that any of them were bad, <laughs> bad <Yeah>. choices, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that that fits. So, okay, let's go back to China now, and, and you notice we might jump around a little more too. But what? Did you did you have any expectations going there of what it would be like, you know, in any regard, and were they true yeah. or was it completely different? You know, one so, culturally and two racing-wise.
1: I could have spent my whole life and never gone to China. Um, <laughs> never wanted to go. Never wanted to go to Beijing or, or any of those places. Too many people, cities, not what I'm into. Um, and then this race, the X-Trail came up, and they had this slick promo video, with, and it was northern China, so out of the cities, in the mountains, and it looked amazing. So that's, that was for me. I was like, right, okay, that looks like we could be into that. Um, and then, yeah, so I sort of had to go and get all these shots for whatever might be over there. So that made me a bit nervous. And then, um, I said to a friend who's traveled there, what, what's the go? And her one piece of advice was just chill and just don't expect anything, but, just know that even when it looks like it's not happening, it, it it will happen. Like it's not like Switzerland where things just happen on time and yeah. you know everything goes to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do get there eventually. <laughs> so she said, just just try and go with the flow and. Um, and you'll be fine. So I sort of, that's not how I really operate, Yeah. but, uh, so I kind of went in with that and, and that was exactly how it was. Um, it was pretty frustrating. We turned up at midnight, you know, we were told we could leave our bike somewhere. No one knew anything about it. The accommodation we booked wasn't booked. Um, so we spent a lot of time out on the pavement, nowhere to sleep. Uh, but, um, Eventually, just started getting in with the locals, and the locals were really helpful. Um, the taxi driver, very limited English, we just said, just take us somewhere, we can sleep. We went to this amazing hotel. Um, and not only that, I left my phone in the cab um, and didn't realize for an hour. And uh, I went down to reception and played charades and explained it, and, and she sort of said, no problem. And I was like, there is no way that phone is coming back. <laughs> Four hours later the guy brought the phone back. I was like wow. that would never happen in Australia
0: <laughs> anywhere.
1: <laughs> I already love you china um but you know there was it was it was just a challenge it was it was really being i've been sort of um had the sanitized overseas experience a lot of time where you go to Europe and everyone has a bit of English and you sort of can get by whereas you know, China was not like that at all yeah. it was uh It was just very, um, yeah. And it was, it was great. I I loved it because of that. I kind of liked the challenge, but, uh, yeah, things just got done. And like you saw my blog, you know, no, Mm -hmm. there's no minivans in China. So my $9,000 bike was, was in the back of this sedan with the doors tied shut with a bit of rope, um, just belting along the highway. Yeah. Um, and then, but once we're in the, in the race, so once we got to the, to the race organiser and, um, you know, we are in the, the race bubble, I call it. Uh, everything just happened and it was, you really felt looked after and it was all, yeah, all pretty amazing. Um, it was just very authentic. Mm. I think it was, you know, I actually learned what, what real Chinese food tastes like. It's not so, what Chinese food tastes like in Australia. Um not full of MSG
0: yeah. and salt?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just. Just diff, yeah, just really, just different, really mm. different, but um, but I couldn't have asked for more, like the place where we went to at Canis Lake was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, so yeah, it was uh it was kind of it was more than I expected, um mm. but yeah it was it was definitely challenging,
0: yeah. so then how about race wise how did you you know? How did you feel? Maybe like actually doing. Well, we could almost call that your first race because you sort of prepared for it. So how was how was that experience?
1: Um, it was a tough race. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, probably. I think having all the running because there was pretty much a hundred k's of running straight up um, or trekking
0: yeah.
1: in big mountains. Uh, it snowed the day before the race, which for a tropics girl like me, it's <laughs> not awesome. Um, and yeah, so it was like a hundred Ks of trekking. There was like a short paddle in the middle of it. Um, it was, yeah, look, it was, it was really tough. The team I was with, the guys were really fast. It was probably the first time I'd really been pushed in a race Mm -hmm. by, by guys who were faster. Um, so yeah, I've probably felt a bit, bit out of my depth in the first, first day. Um, but it was, yeah, pretty Pretty amazing, we had one of our guys get kind of hyp- hypothermia in the paddle, so that put us back a fair bit, just trying to take care of him and get him warm and, um, and get through that. It was just bitterly cold when you're on the water. yeah, it was, yeah. we knew it was going to be, so we dressed up in all this windproof gear when the sun was still up, so we were dying of like heat stroke in the first hour, but then yeah. the sun went down and then <laughs> it was just it was just so cold. Um, but, um, the toughest thing for us, I mean, that was my first race. So the longest race I'd done to that point was 30 hours. Yeah. And then this race, by the time we finished, uh, I think we ended up like 76 hours or something like that. So it was a big step up. Um, we, look, we, we did pretty well until we got to this one particular checkpoint and, we just couldn't find it. We mm. just couldn't couldn't find it. We were on the. I think we turned a mountain bike that was supposed to be 120k into like 200 or something like that. It was, yeah. We. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we. I've never looked. We looked for that checkpoint for nine hours,
0: yeah. and that
1: was that was pretty frustrating. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's a whole commentary on Facebook on just us looking for this checkpoint. Yeah, for <laughs> People yeah. could see the dot. It was like, oh, it's just over there. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: well, but it, it was,
1: um, you know, it was really hard. And there were some of the big teams, like the um, the Red Bull team, they pulled out at that checkpoint because they yeah. couldn't find it either. Yeah. Um, the maps we had were 60 years old. There were cattle tracks everywhere. Uh, and It was raining. It was nighttime. And we just ended up quite away from... From where we were supposed to be mm-hmm. and when the sun came up nothing looked like it was supposed to and I'm not a map girl I just said look don't don't give me the maps that's not my <laughs> deal I get lost in shopping center car parks um, yeah. you know I'm just here to hang on and um, and I said if I ever get the maps you guys are all screwed and then <laughs> here we are after about seven hours with me on the map giving my opinion and people were listening and I thought oh, we we're, we're in so That's much great. trouble. <laughs> so um, we actually quit. So, so we, we, well, we did quit. We sort of said, "Well, look, we're not. We can skip this checkpoint because you're allowed to and get a penalty." Yeah. Uh, that was about five hours in. Um, we can skip it, but that then have we really done the race? You know, are we are we really here to do a strategy, or do we, are we here to, to to do the rates and complete the course? So we sort of thought, "Well, if you can't find it." We'll, we'll pull out, we'll just try and make our way We didn't even know where we were in China. Like, everything's in Chinese. No one speaks English. Um, we ended up getting dragged into these locals' house, and they fed us and gave us tea, and not a lick of English, but they're just the most welcoming people. Um, so, yeah, so that in itself was an incredible time in the race, but uh, very frustrating, And um, but, yeah, we halfway to town we went no we're not giving up we're gonna go back and try and find it and and then that was another four hours and then we still didn't find it um (laughs) but yeah so So. we ended up completing the rest of the course and um that was probably the hardest bit in a race for me knowing that we hadn't found the checkpoint but then having to keep keep going yeah um Yeah. So and it was it was tough going too. You know, you kinda looked I think on the map we were like, Oh, we've only got fifty K to go and then it just took forever just in and out of a gorge and throwing your bike over cliffs and jumping in and yeah, it was just I've never I can honestly say I've never been so broken in my life. And hating life and yeah, it was that was probably the that was probably the hardest experience I've I've had.
0: But yet here it is, you're talking about it and you're actually kinda of laughing about it, so it turned in the in the end, you enjoyed it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did in retrospect. It's one of those things, it's like tough mountain bike stage races. I was like, I can't talk about it right now, but in mm-hmm. six months' time I'll tell you that this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yep. Uh but at the at, now I just can't talk about it. (laughs) So so there was a bit of of that. But um yeah, look it it just it was part of the experience and you just gotta accept it as that's just how it panned out for us on that day and um it's it it made for it makes for a more interesting story I think. You know? You know no one no one wants to hear about a race where everything went right. (laughs) (laughs) Um so I think what I liked from that was just our perseverance, the fact that we didn't pull out. Um, the fact that we did spend that long looking for it, um, so I know that you know we gave it we gave it a good shot, but it didn't pan out. And then we just had had the fortitude to keep keep going anyway and and finish the race. So and then you know the whole again the the cultural experience and and the surroundings and the people. Yeah, it's it didn't go to plan, but it was still awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds. I mean, you 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 can tell when you talk to somebody. You, it was a great time. So, I can hear that.
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, we had a good we had a good crew. Like the the team that I was with was was great. They were fun guys. We had some fun times in the race. Um, and yeah, so it's you know you've just got to look at just because we had that one thing that didn't go right doesn't mm-hmm. mean that yeah the whole race was kind of uh was for nothing it was it was still amazing yeah so yeah. um
0: yeah so your your first race and I'm your first 1A was good kept you in the sport anyway
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um it was
1: it, it was good to see the top guys too to see the yeah. level i mean to see we you know, we, on some bits, we, we were moving pretty, you know, to our limit. Mm-hmm. And to see some of the other teams, I remember, uh, Adventure Medical Kits, they went past us at one point because they'd, they'd taken a wrong turn and, and gone to another lake 45 minutes away. Like, and they, they'd lost that time. So they were yeah. back with us, um, in like 16th spot. And they ended up second. And, and that for me, like, I remember that part of the race and seeing how efficiently those guys moved and and the fact that they had that mental resilience to to not throw it in and go oh, well that's our race over they just were like okay we'll fix it we'll get on with the job so i think seeing teams like that um and the way that they operate it was pretty inspiring
0: yeah um so how many orders of magnitude was easier was it to get to xpd than china Oh, so,
1: (laughs) so much easier. (laughs) So I knew that the race was going to be longer, but, um, yeah, it was so good to have a home world champs. And that's really why I did it. Like, it's just, if you have world champs in Australia, and so I said, you got to do it, whether it's mountain biking or adventure racing or whatever, um, because we don't get many big events down here. So, um. So yeah, I was pretty skint before the race, and now I'm more skint afterwards because it's not cheap. Um, but I also went and I visited that area earlier in the year, and I went, "This is so beautiful here. I'm I'm looking forward to racing here." Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, look, being able to just jump on a flight to Sydney, you know, it's like an hour and a half, yeah. and um, and then the organisers picked us up from the airport, and it was yeah, it was pretty effortless, really.
0: Yeah. How would how would you rate your race at XPD?
1: Um, I'd give it an eight and a half out of ten.
0: It's not bad.
1: <laughs> it's no. pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, I think. I mean, as a team, I think we did amazing. Um, and that's not to to take anything away from. From the guys, I mean, that, that point and a half that we lost, I think is a personal judgment on me. Just again, being a bit critical and pinpointing a few times that I probably just needed to, you know, harden up a bit and, and get on with it. Yeah. Um, but again, getting used to what, what I can push through and the different sensations. And there's a time there that I got very, very cold and you are never really sure, like I've done some pretty stupid things to myself. So sometimes I think, You know, you've got a daughter. Should you really be pushing through this, or you know, is this serious enough that you need to have a bit of a break and um, get warm or whatever? Um, So yeah, I think it's still still learning. And um, but as as a team, the the way that we functioned and um, as a race experience, ten out of ten. Just yeah, it was. It was very cool, and yeah. everyone said that. Everyone, I was like, "I'm, I'm unloading so much money to do this race. Why am I doing this?" And they said, "Look, if you get the right team and um, approach it in the right mindset, this will be the experience of your life," um, and, and it really was.
0: That's cool. How did you guys become a team in three days?
1: Um. So we met. So we met one teammate, John, at the airport. Mm-hmm. So we got to Sydney. He was flying in from Tasmania. Um, so yeah, we literally met him at the airport. Hi, we're all yeah. the other teammates. So Gary and I, um, were coming from Queensland. Yeah. And, um, and then yeah, Tim was already in Jarvis Bay with his partner who was racing for another team. So we just, yeah, arrived and met up and, um, yeah I think it was I don't know we we just kind of got on with it and and once you get into the planning and there's so much to do yeah. um you know getting gear sorted and um getting getting the place set up and working out you know going grocery shopping and mm-hmm. I think all those things you just settle into a a routine. they're all pretty sort of boring, monotonous things initially um before you start mm. on this big adventure, so yeah, I think it was just sort of feeling each other out and um. Just trying to gauge everyone's personality and um, yeah, sort of make not make allowances, but just understand how people operate. And um, just we were pretty confident after the first day that we were all going to get along, which was a relief. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's <laughs> it can't
1: can go wrong. You know yeah. that that would just be. It's not like a twenty-four or forty-eight hour race where you're like, oh, I can put up with this for the next day and a half, and I'll get through it. Um, you know, we knew that this race was going to break you down to the point where you, you, you really got no patience and you got no, no energy for tolerance or, you know, facades or anything like that. So, um, so it was a relief to find that everyone was pretty either easygoing or could take, you know, like there's a lot of trash talk. So if you mm-hmm. could take it as good as you gave it, then we, we were going to get along fine. So, yeah. yeah. That was definitely us.
0: Did you guys, did you find with the team with yourself that someplace during the race you stopped and thought, are we really having this conversation? Are, are we really talking about this? We've only known each other like five days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We had that a lot, probably, probably in the paddling legs. Cause that were that was, there was a lot of them and it was a lot of quiet time and trying to keep awake. So yeah, I remember uh, the guys were like, would say to me, like, talk to me, like, ask me some questions. So we would actually do this Q and A game where you'd have to come up with a question to ask the group, and then everyone would have to respond and or give a story or something like that. So um, and that was just purely just stay awake. Yeah. So um, you did end up talking about a, a lot of things, and some of it was pretty light-hearted about, mm. you know, what's your favorite song or whatever and and some of it was like well you know how did you propose to your wife or you know (laughs) stuff like that it's um so some stuff that maybe people that have known you for years wouldn't know yeah and yeah so I did think a lot of the time um and and it surprised me how honestly I answered as well Well, I think you just defenses are really broken down you're like well we're out in the forest we may as well be honest um so, yeah, it was quite interesting how much everyone shared about themselves and, um, yeah, yeah, it was, but then you had the other conversations where I was like, I seriously met you three days ago and I'm announcing that I'm about to take a dump to you yes. and, <laughs> you know, and yeah. everyone's just farting and burping in front of each other because that's what race food does to you. Yep. And, you know, as, as a woman, like, I know that guys do that all the time in front of each other. <laughs> But as a chick, that's not something that we normally do. Um, mm-hmm. But we're all yeah. It was all pretty. It was all pretty good and all pretty social.
0: So, yeah. I mean, it's when you're with adventurers, like within th- three hours, if you were any place, if you were in the job, you would be fired for you know sexual harassment for men and women. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes there immediately.
1: Well, that's the thing. So Gary and I had, we had raced before at GeoQuest and we'd found, we'd found our rhythm fairly quickly and the two other guys we raced with were French. They spoke mainly French. So we were doing our banter in English. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, God, I hope those guys don't understand English too well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I guess when we started in the race, um, the two guys we just met, the way that we spoke, to each other and the things we spoke about that were kind of like how how long have you guys known each other? Yeah, and I was like I met him in June. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. So. well, you know, um, I've I've asked teammates, do do you yeah. do you know things about your teammate that his wife or husband doesn't know, and they're like, yes. So it's uh, totally. it's a very intimate, um, experience. Adventure racing.
1: Yeah. It. it it really is, and I remember commenting at the time. I was like, "This would be—I don't know if it'd be the ultimate, but it's definitely." You think about if you met someone, a potential partner during an adventure race, mm-hmm. um, would that be the ultimate? Because there are no—there's no hiding your flaws and your weaknesses, and you are literally going to see this person on their worst day, probably. Yeah, you know, broken yeah. down. No makeup, not showered for days, Um, you know, probably crying at some point, hunger flat, falling asleep, hallucinating. Um, You know, some people are married for 10 years and never get to see that side of the person. So, yeah, it's um, definitely, yeah, a very intimate experience. I remember talking to Simone from the um, Red Bull team. Sometimes she races with Tula. remember her saying, you know, about her teammates. She goes, I love those guys. Like, I love those guys. I would do anything for them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the point you get to, I guess, when you race, especially when you race together a lot and you see each other through a lot of um, bad times. It's like, you know, it's a pretty pretty bonding experience.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It's the best, maybe the best part of adventure racing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, that's the big difference for me coming from a solo sport. I did a lot of my travel solo and, um, it's not very a team, you know, mountain biking's not really a team sport. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a challenge for me because I've got to worry about other people and, um, and also have that pressure. But, uh, the, the camaraderie is, is probably the biggest highlight as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing sport, and I'm loving getting into it, and hopefully I'll get to do a few more next year or this year.
0: So, Well, that's the perfect segue for we'll wrap this up, but what are your short-term goals, like, say, for this year, but how far do you want to take it? And how good do you think of an adventure racer you can be?
1: Um, (laughs) I I definitely, I'm not sure I'll take it as far as the mountain biking in terms of, it just depends what, what opportunities are out there. As you're aware, you know, it all comes down to money and time and all that kind of stuff. So, um, at the moment I have a full-time job as well as a part-time business Mm -hmm. and teenage daughter and yeah, so a lot of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, I think, I'd like to I remember coming into mountain biking and feeling like I had to go and do all these races at the high end really soon and, and, and really, um, you know, make the most of my time. Whereas with adventure racing, I definitely feel like I can, I can ease into it, learn a lot, and then maybe just set a, you know, a year or a couple of years where I think, well, I'm going to give this a really good crack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then see, yeah. See what happens. So, um, I think it would be really good just to get a, um, yeah, like a, a team, a team to race with where all the people—it's all the same people yeah. <laughs> you know, all the time. So I've raced yep. with, I've raced with different people every race so far. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's—it's always a challenge. You can have a good race, but then other people have got lives and everything. So I think. Um, for me, just work on finding a team that's going to be stable and that we can sort of sit down and commit to, um, well, let's go and do, you know, these five races and, and see how we go. Cause I don't think, I don't think swapping teams all the time is probably going to result in, um, you know, better results. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's such it's such a big part of it is learning how to function together.
0: I think that's the big thing. So, yeah, if you can find a good team, that's the secret to life.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also make it fun, you know. You're going to be out there suffering, so you may as well be doing it with people who you enjoy their company.
0: Exactly. So, All right, let's wrap this up because I'm ready for bed. You probably, okay. got a, you probably got a full day ahead of you yet.
1: <laughs> well, sort of in the afternoon, but, I've yeah, I've got a fair bit of – work to to catch up on but thank you so much for the invitation to chat it's been a pleasure
0: it's been uh it's good i hardly i don't know if i've had a bad person to talk to but sometimes people are a little better than others and this is one of the good ones so thank you, oh,
1: well, thank
0: you. <laughs> well it's very interesting very i mean much. i i like it when we don't have to talk adventure racing the whole time so
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's having a having a past that's good. <laughs> it does. So. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, look, I'll let you get to bed, but uh, we will hopefully see you in Wyoming.
0: That would be great. So, all right, everybody Cheers. else, go fast, take chances, and enjoy the warm weather in Australia. <laughs> Your summer. Cheers. So.
1: Yeah, we're we're done with summer. Go away. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know what? It's it's minus two. Um, Fahrenheit here, so enjoy what okay. you have.
1: <laughs> you win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All Thanks. right, she's ready. Bye. Well, I rolled in a tumble,
0: cried the whole night long. Well, I rolled in a tumble, cried the whole night long. I woke up this morning. You know right from wrong. Come on. Well, I told my baby before I left this town. Well,